Gak is missing. He's not ready. Hello, everybody. You are listening to 101.9 FM in Vancouver, CITR. Catch Exploding Head Movies, Mondays at 7.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Georgia Spaghetti House, Toronto's House of Jazz. Tonight, we are proud to include you, our patrons, in Georgia's first live recording. And now, it gives me great pleasure to present the Mo Kaufman Quintet. Yes, good evening. Hiva konnichiwa, and a pleasant Monday evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to yet another episode of Exploding Head Movies. This is your cinematically inspired program found on Vancouver's slightly obscure, only somewhat hidden radio station, CITR. Your voice of the University of British Columbia on 101.9 FM. We broadcast an average of 1,800 watts from unceded Musqueam territory from the student nest on campus. And our signal takes us throughout the lower mainland. From Squamish in the north, Bellingham, Washington to the south, west past Point Grain, and then dipping south across the Salish Sea to all the ships and creatures in the water. My friends over at CFUV at UVic aren't overlapping since they are on the same frequency. Then our signal heads east past Langley, deep in two at the Fraser Valley, though CIVL on 101.7 cuts pretty close on the dial there. So we're pretty snug with where we are. Our signal heads up to the sky and deep into space for as long as this planet and this station continues to emit noisy waves for all to hear. And we also broadcast down well into the underground from where we come from and from where all good things bubble up. Telesoptic subscribers can tune on to CITR on their television sets by pointing the clicker at channel 7023. At least that's the story in Western Canada. Otherwise, in all these places and everywhere else the internet takes you, guess what? We're back on the web, www.citr.ca. There you'll see the Exploding Head Movie Show page, and it contains track listings and downloads for this episode... Actually, when the live broadcast is done, and we update the podcast server, which is also back. But you can also find past ones, including those recent ones initially lost when we were offline there. You'll also find a link to subscribe to the podcast via Apple Music, and that podcast is also available wherever you get your podcasts on your devices or on your computers. That includes iHeart, Deezer, Geosave and Stitcher, and Spotify. For those times you can't listen live to the Crystal Wireless or the Shoutcast stream through the website, which had been working all this time. My name is Gek, and I'll be pulling this cart here for the next two hours, so throw the logs on the back, and we'll check to see what's inside of them, because I bet it's not just wood. You should have received your complimentary newly regulatory hidden gold in conjunction with the broadcast of this episode. If not... Well, I'm not clearly sure what happened along the way there to your mailbox. Uh, just to make sure, just check with your friend's fillings just to see if they're still intact. Phone number for the station for those of you listening live is 604-822-2487. That spells out UBC. C-I-T-R after the area code. Do keep it short and sweet and to the point since we are mixing everything live. This is a single person operation. The gabbing I got to do is primarily to y'all. In this manner, not off-screen, because with the website up, well, we can actually file our paperwork and logs at the appropriate time, so that's been the fun this week. 
playing catch up on all that. You can email anytime, radiofreegack at gmail.com. Exploding Head Movies is on Facebook under its given name. You can follow me on Twitter at 100 Aaron on Instagram. It is myopic, man. And as our wonderful hosts, they're indicated in the background. This is Mo Kaufman from a old jazz club on 290 Dundas Street East in Toronto from 1975's Live at George's. This is Taurus Rising. Mo Kaufman's on the flute. Around this time of day, you can also hear some of his remixed work as part of the theme to the uh, Mothership Corporation's As It Happens program. On guitar, Ed Bickert. On keys, Don Thompson. On bass, Rick Holm. On drums, Jerry Fuller. And yes, the sign of Taurus is still underway. Ties out we started. Jacques Green from Montreal off of this year's EP, Fantasy. We also heard Taurus. Sign of the bull here in your standard Zodiac. And of course, I'm so behind on things. It was like, oh, wait, it might be Gemini season right away, but nope, that's next week. <laughs> Will you have anything tied to that, maybe? Yeah. Current playlists looking too dense to do that. So May is Asian Heritage Month. And the past few shows have been trying to at least tr sprinkle in a little bit here and there. But this time we'll dive a little bit deeper into what's going on. As we'll profile Masaru Sato's score from Akira Kurosawa's 1958 crab pleaser, The Hidden Fortress. An accessible film in the career of the legendary Japanese director. Especially since some of its story helped George Lucas come up with a war in the stars. And we'll talk about at least some of the sourcing there from the storytelling. And one thing I have to dig in a little bit more is that May is also uh, Pacific Islander Month. So point i need to explore that a little bit more not sure if i'll do that this year but something to explore anyways hopefully you've managed to enjoy the start of an actual spring instead of like prolonged winter because yeah at this point all the rain i'm sure has uh, brought you an extended sad but yeah hopefully we can start thinking summer especially as the first summer long weekend is next week and yeah. Anyways, we've been talking a lot about Ukraine since it is in the news, but I do want to touch upon something that happened over the weekend, which this show rarely gets into, mostly because it's complicated. It's campy, finding all the music at the same time, especially from all the countries participating in Eurovision. It's really hard, and some of the acts honestly work visually. Like, understanding the Banana Men playing out of Norway. Or then uh, the Georgian act, Mercus Circus, which I know a lot of people are fans of. So, But Ukraine ties in heavily into the minds of Europe, to the point Eurovision actually kicked out Russia and Belarus for having the war and participating in the invasion of a sovereign nation there. As the way that voting went, well... Ukraine won, so if you didn't catch it, the Kalush Orchestra took home the prize, and they're a fascinating act. They've been around for a few years, and they mix Ukrainian folk music with hip-hop, and that was readily evident in their performances. As you can see, the traditional colors, with the embroidery, the vests, and whatnot in display, whilst then being kind of Eastern European rap 
along the way. So, Shlava Ukraini. And from Eurovision 2022, this will be the Kalush Orchestra. With a song originally dedicated towards the idea of a single mom. But of course, it's now taken the representation of reconnecting with family and a nation itself. This will be the Kalush Orchestra with the Eurovision winning song, Stefania. You're now listening to Exploding Head Movies, live from the realms of Studio A of that radio station. That raves the blue and yellow. This is CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Stefania, mamo, mamo, Stefania, rozkwitaje pole, a wona syvije. Zaspiwaj meni, mamo, kolesko, uchoczu się poczuty twoje ritne słowo. Wona mene kolesa latala, meni ryty mi na pane, solo wolę ne zabrata mene, bo dala wona na pane znala, może bilczy i wicola, mona loma ne me doroha, me prejdu, ja zaspię do tebe, wona ne rozbudy, ty budy, mene wstyn nie budy,
from Kent in England. That was Faction. And off of a 1982 cassette through the window, we heard Obligatory War Song. Also found on various anti-war compilations. Associated with some great post-punk, early hardcore material there. The latest on what's happening in Ukraine, well, the Russians continue to retreat. The Ukrainians are defending their home quite well. Kharkiv now seems to be in a position where folks can start moving back, assessing damage. Also count their dead and see what's going on. And of course, in big news is that Finland and Sweden have voted from decades, if not centuries, of neutrality to actually join the North American Treaty Organization. So some protection will be in place there. Putin wanted NATO not to expand anywhere close. And of course, one of the biggest bordering countries there, my homeland, decided, you know what? We know what you did in World War II. We're going to buckle up and get safe. So, Behind me, this is Tomoyasu Hute from Kill Bill Volume 1. At least that's how we know it. This is Battle Without Honor or Humanity. Hote is a Japanese guitarist, and originally the song comes from one of the films as part of the Battle Without Honor Humanity series. Specifically, 2000's Shinga Jinginaki Tatakai, New Battles Without Honor or Humanity which is a remake of sorts of some of the earlier films in the 70s. Both Kill Bill and several of the original Battles films starred the great Sonny Chiba. Born Shinichi Shiba in Fukuoka, Chiba was one of the first actors to gain fame through his use of martial arts. Started in the 1960s with various superhero shows before hitting out films like his 73 debut Karate Kiba, 1974's The Street Fighter, and these were some of the first Japanese action films that were imported to English markets based in part on the popularity from China, Bruce Lee. And New Line Cinema founder Robert Shea was the one who gave Chiba his English name, Sonny. And anytime there was an English production, that's what Shinichi used. And Quentin Tarantino, who directed Kill Bill, riffed on Sonny Chiba's films extensively throughout his career. There's a Sonny Chiba triple feature referenced in his screenplay to True Romance. And if you remember Ezekiel 2517 from Pulp Fiction, well, most of that didn't actually come from the Bible itself, but it's a rewriting of Sonny Chiba's speech from Karate Kiba. Sonny Chiba died on August 19th last year from pneumonia that was triggered by complications from COVID-19, and he was unvaccinated at the time. He was 82 years old. And in the past, I've tried to determine if I've done a work on profiling Kill Bill or not, but I've definitely spread out music from both Volumes 1 and 2 over shows through the years. But this cue also appeared in the film, not on any of the soundtracks that actually released as an album. And this originally is uh, Toshiaki Tsushima's theme from a 1978 TV series starring Sonny Chiba. 1978 TV series starring Sonny Chiba. Ooh-wee. Words hard. And yes, this is apt for the man who played the blade maker Hattori Hanzo. This will be Toshiaki Tsushima with the theme from 1978's The Yagyu Conspiracy. <laughs> ¶¶ 
There is a drinking water settlement for First Nations, and the claims process is now open. If you are a First Nations member impacted by a long-term drinking water advisory, you may be eligible for compensation. This is the first drop in recognizing those communities impacted. Submit your claim at firstnationsdrinkingwater.ca. I think I can help you. I think I can help you. 
that little magic box. When you look inside, you can see the whole world and all things that happen in it. Ashra Temple. And that was a rogue track that did not appear on any of their albums. But it's found on Deutsche Elektronische Musik. Eins. Experimental German rock and electronic music from 1972 to 1983. We heard Ashra Temple with Daydream. Rossi Müller is one of the vocalists there, joining the core trio of Hartmut Enke, Manuel Gutsching and Klaus Schulze. And behind me, this is Schulz from his 1972 solo debut, Erlicht. This is Satz. Geviter. Energy rise, energy collapse. Schulz was a major force in the German experimental music scene since the early 70s. Along with being a member of Ashra Temple for a little while, he was an early member of Tangerine Dream. Oddly enough, I think as a drummer, which at the point we associate with Tangerine Dream and their electronic ambience is like drummer. But a lot of late 60s and early 70s German music scene out of West Berlin, still rooted in psychedelia and funk. Just listen to the early Kraftwerk as indication. But yeah, Schulz was only on the Tangerine Dream's first album, Electronic Meditation, before he quit and went solo and released so many albums. He is very prolific with ambient albums under his own name. He also recorded the alias of Richard Wanfried, and he collaborated with Pete Namluk on a dozen albums known as The Dark Side of the Moog. He was considered a pioneer of techno music. Definitely a proponent of ambience as well. Klaus Schultz died on April 26th after a long illness at the age of 74. And, uh, Expect some more music from Schultz in upcoming episodes of Exploding Head Movies. Though likely it'll be for another ambient episode. 
just because the treks are so long. This is one of the shortest ones I could find here. Do want to share his unique voice. He also did film scores like Body Love and Next of Kin. Most recent release was 2021's Megatone, which he did under the alias of Richard Weinfried. And apparently this year, the album Dois Arrakis came out. And he definitely did love his Dune and Frank Herbert. And yes, once it's time for Dune Part 2. Now starring Christopher Walken, as we discovered in Casting News. Uh, we'll actually try to dig up some more Schultz to go along with Hans Zimmer. And Zimmer already won an Oscar this year from Dune Part 1. Also recent living us, well, a couple of drummers. And actually, drumming will be kind of a theme for, yes, next little while here. Adam Balsam, primarily worked with the Most Serene Republic since 2009, also worked with acts like Mad Ones, and recently joined this next act role here. The Balsam died on October 27th last year, suddenly and unexpectedly, when he was 41 years old. The Wilderness of Manitoba is the band in reference there. Most recent release came out last year, 2021's Farewell to Cathedral. And the act's most consistent member, Will Whitlam, wrote the music for that album. Whilst being inspired by a Ukrainian church through the window of the old house he was living in before he was set to move. This entire album was recorded live off the floor in a Toronto studio during a two-day session. Allowing for less micromanaging of overdubs and offering a raw, pure sound here. So, we're here Adam Balsam on drums here. This is the Wilderness of Mantova. Off of last year's Farewell to Cathedral, we'll listen to Oblivion. This is CITR, 101.9 FM, Vancouver. Yeah. 
Nothing like figuring out midway through somewhere that's like, oh, there's no bass on that channel. So hopefully you heard everything finally kick in with that song there. From their 2002 album, One by One, that was the Foo Fighters. With a song that definitely has come to mind a lot during this pandemic. And about everything else going on as of late times like these. Latest album is 2021's Medicine at Midnight and on drums, Taylor Hawkins, originally from Texas, but definitely fitting in with that West Coast Californian vibe. Gained initial fame as Alanis Morissette's drummer during the bitter little pill breakout days. But then Hawkins met Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters and, oh yeah, Nirvana. And uh, that was part of the festival circuit. And at some point, as Grohl was trying to figure out what to do with drumming since he couldn't really sing and drum at the same time because he also was playing guitar as part of Foo Fighters. He actually checked Hawkins for an idea of looking for a replacement drummer, and Hawkins volunteered himself. Definitely a tough act to follow, especially in the wake of one of the best rocker drummers ever, along with the Nirvana roots, but they seemed like brothers. He was integrated well within the band, though. He still had some uh, stage fright at times. And, of course, you know, comparison drumming at least with Grohl and one by one was the fourth album by Foo Fighters it was the first to feature exclusively Hawkins on drums because prior to that it was Dave Grohl at least taking on some of the complicated work at least with the third album I did want to pick a song with Hawkins singing but times like these was noted as the song where the band especially Hawkins felt like it clicked into the powerhouse that they became for 20 years Somehow actually making rock modern again and always being a live, fun presence. Hawkins basically was the spirit of the band there, especially live. He would sing songs occasionally, allow Grohl to drum, live out rock fantasies. Hawkins formed his own band, Taylor Hawkins and the Cooktail Riders, amongst other side projects with many old and new artists. And as we heard in the news in March, Taylor Hawkins down in a hotel room after a concert in Bogota, Colombia, on March 25th at the age of 50. And as toxicology reports, there was a mix of drugs in his system and tributes wide across the world, music world occurred. The band has been in silent mourning after canceling the rest of the tour dates. Talk of a celebration of life due soon, inspired by Hawkins' own family. And a posthumous release with Hawkins' latest supergroup, NHC, featuring two members of Jane Addiction, is due later this year. 
I do want to dig up some more Hawkins material, especially because there is a horror film called Studio 666 done by Dave Grohl. Need to track down and watch it. Maybe we'll dig that up for Halloween soon. In the background, this was Bell Orchestra from 2021's House Music. We heard all the time. Talking about drummers, this act always had a problem keeping track of their own drummers, mostly in a comedic vein because it was Spinal Tap. In fiction, it was Derek Smalls, Nigel Tufnell, and David St. Hubbins, an English hard rock act, though they started off in skiffle, well, Skype, psych pop, prog, jazz, fusion, funk, and reggae before they became heavy metal. In reality, it was a satire of rock bands from the 70s and 80s, featuring Harry Shear, Christopher Guest, and Michael McKeon. And in 1984, one of the most widely celebrated mockumentaries, This is Spinal Tap, came out, directed by Rob Reiner, featuring a lot of the improvisation work that we associate with Christopher Guest's work for films like Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind. And real drummer from Spinal Tap, Rick Parnell, recently died. Not from a bizarre gardening accent or spontaneous combustion, but was May 1st in Missoula, Montana at the age of 70. And Parnell did play one of the unfortunate drummers in This Is Spinal Tap. He was Mick Shrimpton, who exploded on stage. In real life, Parnell was a member of acts like Atomic Rooster, Nova, and Donovan's Brain, just to name a few. And in recent news, a sequel is finally in the cards. 40th anniversary, it will be This Is Spinal Tap 2 in the year 2024, though since with the Roman numerals, part of me thinks it's This Is Spinal Tap 11, because that's how loud we get around here. From the soundtrack to This Is Spinal Tap, this is tonight. I'm going to rock you tonight.
know. They must have seen you. I know that you're not too I don't have any friends and you can too. Tune into Teachable Moments on 101.9 FM every Tuesday at 4 p.m. if you're a f***ing dork. I specifically said no geeks. But my mom says I'm cool. Hey, this is Kept, and you are currently tuned into Exploding Head Movies, one of my absolute favorite programs on CITRFM Vancouver.
valid question was raised there. Who here does have a tortilla in their pocket? Not sure of the date of that concert, but you could tell that happening in Toronto at some point based on the street references there. From a cassette that's been traded for quite some time, studio and live stuff that will never see the light of day. That was Shadowy Men on a shadowy planet with a version of one of their earliest songs, which many of us know as the theme to the sketch comedy classic, The Kids in the Hall. I was having an average weekend. As some of you might know, after 28 years from the original TV series on CBC and HBO, along with one film, which I do want to profile at some point, 1996's Brain Candy, one short-run TV series called Death Comes to Town and various tours, the sketch comedy quintet came back with a new Amazon series that debuted on Friday. You can catch it on Prime. I finally signed up for it so I could start watching it. There is new Shadowy Men music used during the Link bits, similar to what how the experience was for most of the original show. Otherwise, the main score is provided by Craig Northey of The Odds, who's been a long-time collaborator with the trio, or the quintet. And there were hopes that, yes, if the Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet recorded new music for the TV series, would there be a new album? Well, that was in the plans. But before they record, their new bassist, Dallas Good, died suddenly back in February. Also a member of the CDs, so... More mourning to go around there. Not sure exactly what will happen. Let's see how this new Kids in the Hall series pans out. Hard to tell if there'll be more since it seems like in many of the sketches there's kind of like a, a conclusion aspect, though. There's a bit of a reconnecting with old characters. We'll see. And we've profiled Shadowy Men extensively in the past since they are one of my favorite bands. Exploding Head Movies 97 from January 2012. And then Exploding Head Movies 314 from May 2016 when the reunited band toured and visited Vancouver for the first time in decades. We'll get more of that back in your track there. This is Ennio Morricone with the main theme from the film Stark System. And... Would dig up, we're running out of time here, I can tell you this already. It was like, you still have an hour in the show. It's like, yep, we got a lot more to take care of. But Stark System, one of those Italian films, I forget exactly what time of the 70s it came out in, but the score was recently reissued. And when I did play a Morricone cue from E. Malamondo, when we talked about Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch a couple weeks back, I did not mention at all that it was Morricone's first ever released film score. He had done a couple comedies beforehand. And E. Malamondo was recently reissued. And yes, we need to do a proper Morricone profile again soon. It's been a little bit of time, but again, this music can be sprinkled out through easily. But yes, you are listening to Exploding Hit Movies here on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, broadcasting from unseated Musqueam territory from the UBC campus. We are also on Telesoptic. 7023. The website is back and it's live. You could stream at www.citr.ca. And yes, there are concerts in Vancouver this week. Although not this one. This was a least late day cancellation. As Land of Talk, we're set to play the Fox Cabaret tonight along with Pure Bathing Culture, but due to a positive COVID case, those cancels, those shows were canceled tonight 
And that's the same case with their show in Victoria tomorrow. Refunds are now available through where you bought your tickets. There are plans to reschedule. We'll see exactly when things transpire. Landa Talks most recent release is 2021's EP Calming Night Partner. Recorded as part of a Canadian pandemic assistance grant, but uh, we'll go back to their most recent album off 2020's Indistinct Conversations. This is Land of Talk with Compelled.
From England, we heard Nilifer Yanya off of her sophomore album, Painless, which came out earlier this year. We heard the song, The Dealer. And Painless harkens to a breakup album of sorts, though sparing in detail, aiming for a little bit more subtlety there while featuring the textures we associate. It's a very physical sound, especially a guitar which you can experience live as Nila Yanya plays at the Fortune Sound Club this Friday, May 20th, along with Tasha. Doors are at seven shows at eight. Tickets start at $25, and they go up from there with service charges. If you just go to the Fortune Sound Club website, it'll link you to where you get your tickets from. It is a 19 and older show, and I caught her at the same venue a few years ago. Wonderful stuff. 
In the background, this is new music by Funky Porcini from this year's album, Where the Sauce is Deluxe. This is Swimming with Eels. It's a long-running project by James Burdell. Debuted as it in 1995 on Ninja Tune with Headphone Sex, although he put out earlier music under his own name back in 1983. Also hearkening to Italy of sorts, but sometimes recording as Giacomo Bradelli. But yes, self-releasing his stuff now. Also playing in town this week, it's the local act Bob Moses. And as somebody who knows two Bob Moseses, I got confused because they aren't musicians. But no, this is a duo. Tom Howie and Jim Valiance. And they play the Malkin Bowl in Stanley Park. And so far, the weather looks cooperative after a particularly wet and cool spring. And it's this Saturday, May 21st. Doors are at six shows at seven. Opening is THSA. Everything's over at 10 p.m. because that's the curfew at the park. Tickets are available. It's listed as $38.5 and higher, but looking at Ticketmaster right now, it's more on the higher end with what's left. Please bear in mind, it is an all-ages show, but there's a bar for 19 and older. Most recent release by Bob Moses is this year's The Silence in Between, but we're going back to the 2020 EP, Desires Bob Moses, with Hold Me Up. Yeah. 
Full name is Annika Henderson, based out of Berlin, but she records under her first name, Annika. 
and off of her first album in a decade, last year's change, we heard Naysayer. Annika is also a founding member of Exploded View, and uh, she worked with one of the members, Martin Thulin, on change. In the past, she's worked with acts like Beak. And Annika plays this Vancouver Saturday, May 21st, as Tambor Concerts presents Annika along with guests, Subterranean Lovers. Doors are at 7, shows at 8. Tickets start at $18 through ticketweb.ca. And please bear in mind, it is a 19 and older show. And behind me, this is Stelvio Cipriani. From his score to the 1966 film, The Bounty Killer. Otherwise known as Pre El Precio de un Hombre. This is the Guelo. This is from Cipriani's first ever film score. Definitely hearkening to Ennio Morricone and Spaghetti Westerns in general. And we've profiled Stelvio Cipriani in the past in episodes like Exploding Hit Movies 137 from October 2012 and 433 from November 2018. We'll head over to Toronto next with some oddball rock and this band is called Lamping but double the M in there. It's Lamping. Psych Rock Act headed up by Mikhail Gaiken. Galkin, sorry. Mikael Galkin. And then Jay Anderson. Latest EP came out in March. It's called Stars We Lost. And this is where you'll find this track. This is Lamping with Everlasting Moor. Not more, not moops, but like a single boggy place. M-O-O-R.
If you attended a federal Indian Day School, now is your time to make your claim. If you experience harm at your school, you may be eligible to receive a check for compensation. Remember, you need to make your claim before July 13, 2022. See if your school is on the list and get free legal help. Start at IndianDaySchools.com or call 1-844-539-3815. Claim what's yours. I left the city. Too many cars. Too many creeps. Too many bars. I left the suburbs. Too many houses. And nosy neighbors. And perfect yards. I was surrounded. I was surrounded. Motorists with the title track to last year's album, Surrounded. Motorists is the trio of Craig Fawner, Matt Learoyd, and Jesse Locke, who plays in a lot of bands. Drummed with Tough Age, has helped out with Chandra as part of uh, various live shows. Also writes for a few blogs as a music reporter. And in the background, this is Japanese Breakfast from the soundtrack to last year's video game Sable. This is Beatles Nest. And we profiled some of Japanese Breakfast's music from that in our 2021 closing episode, number 584, from December last year. Japanese Breakfast is touring. And uh, what should be a doozy of a show, she'll be opening up for Florence and the Machine on October 4th at Rogers Arena here in Vancouver. Curious to see if tickets are still available for that. We'll see. 
We'll stay in Toronto next with Hot Garbage. Wonderful quintet, noise, good sign of some noisiness here is that listed is a person who plays auxiliary percussion. Joining in with the drums, the keys, bass, synth, guitar, and vocals here. We got another title track here from 2021's Ride. Here's Hot Garbage. R-I-D-E. This is Exploding Hit Movies here on CITR. 101.9 FM, Vancouver.
power chord heavy metal radio, bringing you the best metal for over 30 years on CITR. Tune in every Saturday from 1 to 3. Listen to Exploding Head Movies on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you. I need to check my records. That might be the first act I've played out of Morocco, and obviously not the type that you're expecting there. Originally from Tangiers, but now fleeing that country based on not only their music, but their lyrical content. We heard Takbir, and off of last year's 7-inch, Victory Belongs to Those Who Fight for a Right Cause. We heard what translates from Arabic as hearing. That was Sami. Spelt S-M-A-3. Takbir refers to a battle cry, usually for a call to prayer, oddly enough. But um, this all-woman quintet, anti-religious, which is, yeah, as evidence, part of the reason they fled to parts unknown. As far as I can tell, that's their debut single. There's talk of more music soon. Definitely curious to see where they go with that like a hyper-condensed metal hardcore song. Especially I have to make note of this. My nephew's starting to get, he's picking his types of genres to music too with an open mind. He's latched on a metal. So at some point, I'll be offering guidance. And who knows, maybe Power Chord needs to be part of his diet. Behind me, this is Ebby and off the 1994 album Zen. This is Kai. And Ebi's the alias of the late Japanese techno and ambit producer Susumo Yokoda from the city of Toyama. Died in 2015, but uh, a lot of his soothing music from the 90s have been recently reissued by Transmigration Records onto various 12-inch records. Let's talk about some of the soundtracks available for purchase, download, or streaming this week. Though do note, as always, some of these may already be out since... Releases don't necessarily have to tie to a regular Friday release schedule now, so these could be found in either your favorite record store, or they can order it for you if there's something that catches your fancy. 
or then when you find your music online. And this list comes from the websites filmmusicreporter.com and soundtrack.net. As I quickly try to concatenate everything since time is a ticking here. As new releases go, Gabrielle Yard's score to Broadway is coming out through Plaza Mayor. And since we're talking Japanese, Hiroyuki Sabano's score from Bubble will be self-released or at least independently available. Season one of The First Lady is scored by Jeff Zanelli. That's coming through Lionsgate Records. Nick Chuba and Leopold Ross provide the score to The Girl from Plainville. That's coming out through Lakeshore Records. Italia, Il Fuoco La Ceneri is scored by Lorenzo Esposito Fornasari. It's coming up through Ala Bianca. Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury are back. They are scoring the latest A24 film by Alex Garland. It's called Men. That's coming out through Lakeshore and Invader Records. Mondo Cane, scored by David Tomat and Federico Bezzosi. It's coming out through Cinevox and GDM Music. My Name is Lopez, is scored by the composer named James Peter Moffat. And then there are songs by various artists available on this independently released soundtrack. Carl Frid scores Pleasure, which is streaming now. It's available through Milan Records. And Jeff Wesley does the score to Tapurulan. That's coming out through Cinevox Records. On the re-release front, Marvin Hamlish's score to Bananas is coming out in both limited and vital edition through Quartet Records. Dave Porter's music from Better Call Saul is coming out in volume two of his original score, coming out through Milan. The Blue Lagoon, as scored by Basil Puladuris, is coming out again through Madison Gate. There's a deluxe limited edition of John Powell's score from How to Train Your Dragon, Part 2, coming out through Veresta Saraband. There's a limited and vinyl edition of Jerry Goldsmith's score to the 1960s classic thriller Seconds, coming out through Quartet. And there's an expanded version of John Williams' score to Space Camp coming out through Intrada Records. And those are merely some of your anticipated soundtrack releases for this week. We will head to Toronto here with an act born in Taiwan, but super inspired by J-pop. And she has a new single out. It's Aikotomi. And this definitely feels like a sugar rush in many ways. Coming out through the Tomonaga label, here's Aikotomi with Animals Awake. Then we'll get Japanese proper as we get into the Hidden Fortress. Animals awake, 
scuffed up my balances, climbing over fences. Now's the time to flex these double F's like Fendi. Meet me in the back in 20. Never been more ready to receive a blessing. Jupiter's ascending, keeping nice and steady. Don't stop till we get to sweat. Animals awake. Animals awake.
From last year's album, Yasuragi Land, from the Hyperdub label, we heard Food Man with Parking Area. And Food Man is the alias in Nagoya, Japan's Takahide Higuchi, though he is based in Yokohama. You can definitely hear that footwork juke sound that we associate primarily with Chicago. But it's progressively gotten weirder, more experimental over the years. I've been hoping to play that when it first came out. Of course, now seemingly my shows are more tied to themes as opposed to having more random elements here and there. Behind me, this is Takeshi Tarauchi and his Blue Jeans. And this is a title track to a 1972 album based on the idea of Rashomon. Legendary 1950 film directed by Akira Kurosawa based on the idea of multiple stories tied to a single truth. Taruchi was a legendary instrumental guitarist from the Ibaraki Prefecture in Japan. I didn't realize, because this was not in the news, that he had died last June at the age of 82. But yes, Akira Kurosawa. We've profiled him in the past, especially with his seminal film Seven Samurai. Split over two episodes based on things going on, so Exploding Head Movies 246 from January 2015 or November that year in 287. Directed many a film, but tonight we're going to talk about The Hidden Fortress from 1958. A period drama known in Japan as a Jidekiki. Starring the mighty Toshiro Bufuni as a feudal general, although we only kind of meet him briefly at the start of the film and under a character. Because the story is told from the perspective of two peasants who agree to escort this man and then a deaf-mute woman across enemy lines and return a gold without realizing he's a general and she's a princess. Known in Japan as Kakushi Toride no San Akunin, the three villains of the Hidden Fortress, it's basically a very popular type uprising, so it's not like a heady film by any measure. And yes, two peasants working for a general and a princess, helping inspire a film series we're well acquainted with. The Hidden Fortress was scored by Masaru Soto, and Sato only had one week to write this music. And he had worked with Kurosawa in the past. In 1957, for the Macbeth variant known as Throne of Blood, and he actually orchestrated the score to Seven Samurai. That score is written by Akira Ifakubi. Ifakubi is known more for his Western classical and then traditional Japanese and Aino music. But as we hear, Sato has a little bit more of an easy listening pop and jazz vibe here. And Sato also worked on several Godzilla films and then most of Kurosawa's films in the 60s, like Yojimbo, Sanjiro, and High and Low. So we're going to hear a good mix of elements here. And we'll start off with the main titles. From The Hidden Fortress, this will be Masusaros, Masaro Sato's score. And a few cues here.
So from his score to 1958's The Hidden Fortress, which was uh, issued in 2001 through the Toho label, associated with Toho Studios that put out the film originally. We heard Masaru Sato's titles. Then we heard Good Idea to Go Across Country. Then we heard the vocals, that is, Firefighters. Then we heard some of the light drumming around Highland Haunting. And we closed with the ambient sounds of the castle town. George Lucas was inspired by The Hidden Fortress to tell a story about the two least important characters, at least with a case of the galactical structure that existed. So you think about R2-D2 and C-3PO, they basically were the peasants 
of Star Wars. Now, George Lucas had been interviewed by folks talking about the influences of the film. <clears throat> well, the first one, it was rewritten enough to incorporate some additional storytelling, especially taking on a lot of the standard myths and storytelling based on Legends of Old. But Lucas did say that amongst, yes, the elements of R2-D2 and C-3PO, including the live-action A Tall Peasant that was talkative and a quieter, shorter peasant, along with a strong general, a princess attacking a base. And a lot of the scenery filmed in parts of Japan there looked very alien. It does not look like what you associate with you know, the predominant bamboo forests or mountainsides there. It looks like desert-like vast landscapes. Anyways, time's a ticking here. That's it for Exploding Enemies for this week. Coming up very soon. Scant minutes away. It's the Jazz Show with Gavin Walker. And he will guide you to around midnight or so. So stay tuned to CITR for the rest of your Monday evening. If you missed any of this week's episode, well, the website is back up and podcasting is available. www.citr.ca We'll get the track listing for this episode up shortly. Downloads once we can navigate how the podcast server works sometimes, but... At the very least, you will see this if you're subscribed on Apple Music, Spotify, iHeart, Deezer, Geosaven, or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Exploding Hit Movies is on Facebook under its given name, on Twitter, at 100 Air, on Instagram, it is Myopic Man, but you can email anytime, radiofreegack at gmail.com. Next week, it's Victoria Day, and oddly enough, it will be episode 604 for Exploding Hit Movies. I'm going to pre-record something since I will be out east for a bit dealing with family. But we'll do Asian heritage through modern pedigree as we look at music from everything, everywhere, all at once. Then we'll close May with My Neighbor Totoro, and then looking at June, might do some John Barry from Body Heat, in tribute to the late actor William Hurt. Maybe music from the world to come, since I got the soundtrack recently. Maybe a Western and the form of a walker. We have to look at, you know, Indigenous Day, Midsummer. We'll figure it out. Behind me from Montreal, this is Transmit and off the 2014 compilation LMP, Compilation 2, associated with the Low Noise production crew. This is Frozen Time. Uh, we'll close with a band that's playing in town right now at the Orpheum. It's Pink Martini from Portland, Oregon. The big band's show's already started, so if you're listening live, well, you're missing it. Hopefully you can catch them another time. Latest release is 2016's Jeudi Wee. Aside from a 20th anniversary edition of their 1998 album, Sympathique. And then a compilation of all their French language songs called No Ways. But we'll go back to 2007's Hey Eugene. With a song that we might think invokes Western New York. But actually ties to a Sicilian province. This will be Syracuse. You have been listening to Exploding Movies here on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Please remember to keep calm, be kind, and stay safe, because, yes, there is still a pandemic going on, and we'll see you virtually in seven days.
Oh, my God. 